Hello everyone. Welcome to Miss Mama Reads. In this podcast is where I read my own homemade short stories. These stories can vary from little romantic comedy or based on true life to full-on series of fantasy or science fiction. Mind you that most of these stories are not written for a younger audience and parental guidance is advised for children under the age of 13. So here we are at episode 2 of the second season and I'm very glad to announce that we have another voice actor here at least for this particular story and I would like to invite her to do more because this is really good. I already liked the story that I've written together with um, the basis of the song Don't Go Into The Woods and you will hear the narration and the female voice is done by Chuckles while the male voice is done by me. With a lot of editing, but you will see later. Okay, let's go to the story. This story is called Don't Go Into the Woods, read by Chuckles and Miss Mama. I walked up to his cabin in the silence of the morning. I had not seen my friend for so long and people had been talking. Rumours always spread fast in the fire, and I'd barely arrived in the village, and they were talking about it. Mark had locked himself in his cabin, after the disappearance of his daughter, Sarah. Nobody knew for sure what happened to Sarah, but the old crones already pointed their fingers to the locked cabin door. But I did not want to blame my childhood friend without solid evidence. So here I was walking through the dewy grass to his cabin. I saw there was a flickering light coming through the cracks of the old wood. Mark had to be awake. He always had a fear of leaving the fire unattended. I knocked on the door. No answer. I knocked again. Mark, it's me! For a moment, I thought there would be no reply. Then there was the sound of bolts being unlocked. With a sigh, the door creaked open. A bloodshot eye was visible through the crack. Michel? He sounded like he could not believe his eyes. Good morning, Mark. I tried to sound cheerful. Long time no see. Can I come in? Mark did not respond immediately. He just looked at me. The part of him I could see looked exhausted. Teary, red eyes, unruly hair. The early wrinkles on his face were prominent in the dim light. I kept on smiling. I did not want to worry him. I did not want him to think I was among the people accusing him. With a deep sigh, he opened the door a bit more. Okay. Come on in. I followed Mark into the cabin, closing the door behind me. The inside was unruly as its inhabitant. Clothes were all over the place. Leftovers of what looked like a week's worth of food was rotting on the table. The fire was burning too high to be safe. 
burn marks from the coals that had jumped out of the fire were dotting in the floor. Mark sat himself at the table. I noticed he had a shawl in his hand. It was Sarah's. Hey! I started. I walked over to him and placed my hand on his shoulder. I heard Sarah. I should never... Interjected Mark, but he fell quiet again. I took the chair next to him, squeezing his shoulder before letting go. Mark kept his eyes on the shawl in his hand. I should never let her go into the woods. His hands were trembling. He looked up at me, almost pleading. Am I, am I being untrue to myself? Why do you ask? When I... When I blame this on you? Me? I asked in surprise. Mark immediately shook his head. Sorry. He said. But I'm losing my mind a bit. His gaze was focused on the shawl again. Tears welling up in his eyes. After all, I'm... The one who let her go in. Sarah went into the woods? I asked. I kept my voice level, but I was a bit surprised. Many children played in the woods. Mark and I played there many times when we were little. Sarah was eleven already. Old enough to play with a couple of kids on their own. There are no wild streams, no steep slopes around here. Just a lot of trees. And every child knew to stay near the paths. It's, it's all my fault now. Mark said with a quivering voice. Tears were dripping into the shawl. Mark, when was the last time you slept? I asked. I know you are very sick, but you look exhausted. People are looking for her. In order to help, you need to think clearly. Mark shook his head. I gave her away. I gave her to somebody else. And now I can never see her again because of my own sin. Mark started to cry out loud. I was stunned. You... What? Mark, what happened? I was getting worried now. Mark was speaking gibberish. Hmm. I should have said, don't go into the woods. Don't let go of my hand. Mark looked at his own hands. I should never have let you go that day. He began to cry. He shook his head. Like it would make the present any different by denying it. I knew I could not get any further with him. Not in this condition. I let him cry for a while, then carried him to his bed. He let me do this. This once strong guy felt weak in my arms. He cried himself to sleep. When he calmed down and his breathing became more regular, I decided to tidy up a bit. I cleaned the table, tempered the fire. Why he had made it that high, I did not know. The clothes I left where they were. They were all Sarah's.
maybe it was evidence for a missing child case. I thought better not to touch them. I sat next to the bed again, listening to Mark breathing. He held the shawl close to his chest. Even in his sleep, he was whispering Sarah's name. I heard a knock at the door. Through the small window, I saw Wesley standing in front of it. He was wearing his uniform. Born as the son of the sheriff, he had naturally picked up the job, but he looked almost as lost as Mark. Normally this little village had nothing more than a couple of rascals that needed a lesson, or an unfortunate accident. I opened the door. Hey Wesley, I said. Mark is asleep. Finally. Wesley said with his deep voice low. He was worried sick. I mean, these things don't happen often, but I still think she fell asleep somewhere. We'll find her. He said it in a soothing voice. As to comfort me, I nodded. Do you need anything from here? I asked. Just wanted to check up on him. Was his reply. And now you are here, I am sure he feels a bit more strong. Wesley tipped his hat and walked away. I closed the door and waited for Mark to wake up. I did not mind sitting next to him. I had time. Since I got back, I had all the time in the world. He woke up two hours later. Mark still looked exhausted, but he had stopped crying. I took his hand in mine while he sat up in his bed. Mark, I said sternly, tell me what happened. Mark sighed and turned his face to the window. For a moment, I thought he would ignore me, but after a long pause, he started talking. Remember when we were younger? When we would run around in these woods making up the wildest stories and then you asked me to go away from here. He sighed. I should have stopped you instead of turning away. Or maybe even have gone with you. I don't know. But I couldn't leave this place. Losing your love is a regret to this day. I blinked in surprise. Mark, you never told me you were in love with me. We were kids. I was 16 when I ran away from this place, but we always kept in contact. I know. He said. It is too late to talk about this, and... Like I said, we were kids. If I loved you at all like that, I would not have found the words to say it. Mark looked away from me. He fumbled with the shawl still in his hand. Mark, I said again. We both went our separate ways, and I think we made the best choice we could make at that time. We can't change the past, and we all made our decisions for our own reasons. 
But I didn't. Mark replied. I took a deep breath and let it slowly go through my teeth. I did not know what to do with this situation, and I still did not know the story about Sarah from Mark. For now, it is not important. What happened to Sarah? I pressed. Mark looked down. That shawl was very important to him, and he held it close. His eyes were focused on a point far beyond this world. She went to play with a couple of other kids nearby. I don't know who they were. I was just glad she went to play. You know, Sarah had been scared of everything since they took Trish away. Poor Trish. Mark's wife and the mother of Sarah, who fell into a dark place and overdosed. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think it was because she could not cope with the silence here. It was the same reason I had left. I never understood why Trish had come here, why she married Mark. Mark continued. I don't even remember what she said. Something about going to play with some new friends. Don't even remember if I asked the names of those friends. I think I know almost everyone here. You know, there are even less people in the village than when you left. I did not tell her, don't go into unknown places. Stay on the paths. She should know all the nonsense. Mark stopped for a moment. He swallowed, noticeably. I filled a glass with water and gave it to him to drink. He took the glass and eagerly drank. The glass hit the wooden table with a thud. And she knows there's animals in the woods. And weird shadows. He said. But I mean, you know, we were there too, in the woods, when we were young, nothing ever happened to us. I nodded in agreement and poured Mark another glass of water. But I did not think anything would happen to Sarah. She looked so happy, my little girl, happy again. After, after all these years. A single tear was rolling down his face. Mark wiped it away. Sarah ran into the woods. I saw someone waiting for her. Sarah waved at me before she skipped under the shadow of the trees. He sighed. <sighs> She will be back by lunchtime. She didn't. Mark's voice was quivering again. I... I called for her. Looked for her. I had walked all of the known paths. Looked at all places they could be playing. I asked some of the kids if they had seen her or... Or if they knew other places she, she, she could be. I checked them all. 
But no, Sarah. She is... She is gone. Like gone. Without... Without a trace. Wesley checked them all, but... But Sarah... She wasn't there. I remembered the gossip in the village. That was so strange about the case of Sarah. There were no traces that led into the woods. Indeed, it was the dry season, but there should have been a couple of hints. Actually, nothing had showed that Sarah even had set foot in the woods, but there was blood. Little droplets of blood on the ground near the cabin. Mark started sobbing again, clinging to the shore. Sarah, where are you, baby? I miss your sweet face so much. Where are you gone? There's nothing, nothing I can do. I looked at Mark, who was reduced to a sobbing mess. I never thought he would be this struck down. It was an unreal situation. Usually young girls vanish without traces from other places. The big city. Not here. Not this little village. Here. No strangers in the dark were waiting to snatch up young kids. Here it is safe. It was safe. I stayed with Mark for a little while longer, but I felt I was overstaying my welcome. There was little I could say to him to help him, and there was nothing to gain for both of us if I stayed. Too many years were between us as friends, and even though it sounds selfish, I had other things to do. It was already afternoon when I left Mark. The sun had reached its highest point and was going down again. I saw Wesley and some volunteers with their dogs, searching again for Sarah. I watched him from afar. The little traces of blood had led them nowhere yet. I caught Wesley's eye and he raised his hand. I waved back and turned around. I walked back to the cabin that was my temporary home. Yet it was a familiar path. A path I had walked so many times as a child. As all paths in the area, actually. The key made a sharp clicking sound in the lock when it turned and I entered the home. The cabin was bigger than the average houses in the village. It had a basement, which I entered. I smiled when I saw Sarah had not moved from her spot. The bleeding had stopped. A bit stuck to the side of her head in her hair. I saw her chest move. She was alive. Good. I sat on a chair opposite her. Hello, Sarah. I whispered. The girl opened her eyes. She did not know me. How could she? When she was born, I had already left this place. She looked at me, scared. Her mouth was taped over. Such a shame I had to hurt her lips when the time came to rip it off. I had a talk with your daddy, I said softly. Sarah's braid was coming loose. Her hair looked unruly. I had to make her pretty again before I presented her. We talked about your getting along. Sarah began to cry. Her cries were muffled. I rummaged in my handbag and found my hairbrush. I stood up. Making her try to move away from me, almost in instinct, she still cried. Big tears rolling down her face, snot coming out of her nose. She could barely breathe. 
I was getting annoyed. She had to be presentable soon. Oh, darling, don't cry. You know what will happen if you make a fuss. Sarah quietened down. The tears were still streaming down. Her face was red. That is a bit better. I gently touched her cheek. I showed her the hairbrush. I'm going to brush your hair and make you pretty, like I said I would. Come now, try to stop those tears. You are a big girl. I moved behind her and loosened her braid. I started brushing her hair gently. I brushed out the flecks of blood and made it shine. He would like her hair for sure. Oh baby, don't you know there's maniacs in the woods? People who will hurt you? People who do not know how to treat you like. But now you are gone. You are now out of those bad, bad woods. I moved in her sight again and smiled. It was the first day I came back to the village with him, that we met Sarah. She was playing outside by herself. The sun hit her just right. She was perfect, and he saw it immediately. I did not know she was Mark's daughter. Had I known, I would... No. I would still have done it. He wanted her. She was only his servant. There ain't no second glances. You are taking your chances. She was perfect. And she would finally be free. So this was a story based on a song. If you remember, or if you have listened to it, there is another story that I've done that was based on another song. This song was Don't Go Into The Woods by Harley Poe and was actually recommended by Chuckles herself to um, actually make it into a story. And I really liked it. The whole thing was that I already had written two stories about werewolves and I was like, I don't want to write another werewolf story. I much rather want to write something more psychological and it also fitted really well with the text if you know the song a lot uh, I actually think almost all the text all the lyrics are coming back in this story uh, something I'm very proud of because because sometimes a sentence or a lyric how it's phrased just cannot be in a story unedited or it really it looks a bit unnatural but in this case I think I have done everything to actually put everything in there a bit editing with the uh, how everything would go and how it would flow etc and another thing talking about editing how did you like the voices I didn't edit the voice of Chuckles herself, that's her voice, but my voice has gone a bit lower and I really tried to sound a bit more masculine. Uh, I hope that it wasn't distracting from the story that we used a female voice and edited it into a male voice. I really hope uh, that was done. The reason I wanted to do this myself though is because this story would make or break it if the male um, 
voice actor could act or not. Uh, I tried my best to sound really distraught and sad and tried sobbing and etc. And yeah, I just uh, I couldn't find anyone in such a short notice who could voice act in such an extent that they could do it like that. So I really hope you like it. Next time we will go more into the realm of comedy. So if you're a bit fed up with all the horror and the depressive stuff, next week we will have a funny story. And I'm trying to get some more funny stories out, so don't worry about that. It won't be all horror and thriller and psychological uh, depressive thoughts, so don't worry about that. But we will see that next time. So see you next week. Have a great time till then. Goodbye!